Hello and welcome to Minisode 6 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Main, I'm a film composer and the founder of ShockStreetHorror.com. And I, once again, I'm Andy Stewart. You've returned to being Andy Stewart. You've reverted to your original form. I didn't enjoy my brief foray into being a bitch. (laughs) I don't know how you do it. Uh, It's it's that that Mitch life. Yeah, it's not for me. (laughs) Yeah, it's not for everyone. (laughs) That joke will only make sense to you if you listen to episode six of the show from Friday. Yes. Where uh, Mitch Wilson, uh, director of Knucklebones, uh, stopped by to talk about Blair Witch 2. Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2, should I say. Yeah, you should. I should, definitely. that is its title. (laughs) This is as good a reason as yeah. any to call it that. Um, what I would say, coming off the back of that one, surprisingly outpouring of loyalty towards that film. Yeah, a lot of people love it. Very Nobody few people Nobody told hate us they hated it. Yeah, we've had no Nobody real... disagreeing with us whatsoever. Yeah, no real vitriol towards it at all. Which I think is kind of nice, actually. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe... You touched on it in the episode, that maybe now a little bit of time has passed and uh, people are maybe able to separate it more in their mind from the first one. Maybe it will stand up a little better to closer examination as yeah, years go by. I think um, I think it stands up better as a film of that period now. It plays very much like a lot of films of the period now and less like a sequel to The Blue Witch Project and I think that's to its benefit. Yeah, I think that that's true, I would say. And uh, yeah, you never know. I'd, like, I'd be quite curious if this director's got materialises. Like, I think I said in the episode, I'll 100% buy it. I'll definitely I'll be there again. Uh, but you've been watching anything else this week? Uh, yeah, I checked out Cargo. On Netflix. Oh, the Martin Freeman thing. Yeah, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, it's a story, Martin Freeman plays a guy called Andy. Good okay. name, strong name. Yeah, he is a, in the outback of Australia, kind of struggling to survive day to day. In the aftermath of a pandemic, I don't want to use the word zombie because I don't think it is. I feel it's much more that 28 days later type of scenario. Okay. Spoiler alert, <laughs> uh, he becomes infected himself. The film kind of progresses from there to him trying to find someone to look after his baby daughter because obviously he's going to he's going to pop his clogs quite soon so uh, yeah he he basically wants somebody to look after his daughter and take that responsibility when he when he goes yeah pretty, it's pretty decent I think it's based on a short film which I want to check out right uh, so I'm going to I'm going to hunt that down and see how it stacks up against the short film but yeah I would definitely say check it out no Martin Freeman's doing great work again yeah, he's he tends yeah. to, I think. Yeah, I, I enjoyed him in this. Good stuff. Um, I I quite like. Again, let's say we'll be fifty fifty on using the word zombies, but like insular storytelling in the middle of kind of world like epidemics. Yeah, has like, produced a few really good films in the last few years. Like the Battery, Maggie. Yeah, I really like um, it's Stains of Sands Red, which I think is just now a Shutter exclusive. Yeah, I saw that that came on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, all those kind of things. I think that focusing on the human aspect of that kind of thing and just being a little bit more microcosmal if you like oh, right okay yeah. pretty sure mm-hmm. i used that word wrong uh yeah i think that tends to serve for making the storytelling better for mm. these things or at least it has done in the last little while uh so that's a good, so cargo yeah that's like i say that's on my list i'll get to that what i did do this week when i should have been watching new stuff <laughs> was uh i double billed because they're both on netflix just convenience and the fact they're great creep and creep 2 good uh, choice yeah Absolutely brilliant. I think these stand up so well to multiple viewings. Uh, so for anyone that's not familiar, I can't imagine there'll be too many of you out there because mm-hmm. uh, they're very readily accessible and they're great. But uh, you've got Patrick Bryce in the first film, who's also the director. So he plays a documentary filmmaker who heads out to a house in the woods to make a kind of video diary or like a video message mm-hmm. for the son of a man who is dying of cancer. Uh, so he's basically trying very to... Very tactful of you there, Mitch. <laughs> yeah yep uh, so he's trying to so he's but yeah he's basically trying to leave some sort of like video legacy so he can be a presence in his son's life and uh 
that character is played by Mark Duplass, who, while routinely great in everything, is, I think, especially good in these two films. Yeah, he's brilliant. He is. Um, and I don't think that it's uh, giving too much away to say that all is not as it seems. Yeah, he's bonkers. He's absolutely bonkers. Oh, absolutely crackers. Crazy. Yeah, yeah um, and that unfolds in, a, I, th- I think, a really unusual film, but also just really good balance of humour and darkness and switches your allegiances around really well. And because you never know what he's going to come out with next, and you never know whether or not he's talked shite, I think that it's yeah. I I would say that like your engagement with that character is really good and really variable. And Creep Two, I was a little bit apprehensive about a sequel to it. Right? Why is that? I always am. I have a reserve of just a casual side eye towards every sequel that's released. Honestly, yes, to a certain degree <laughs> of, of of things that I love. Certainly, I, 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 it doesn't bother me too much if something gets a sequel treatment and it isn't great. But I would always just, whenever that happens, I'm like, ah, fuck! It could have just been one good film. Yeah. Okay. But like I said, I think that's that's un uncharacteristically pessimistic of me. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was a little bit 50-50 on there being a creep too, but I saw it at Loud Screams in Sheffield last year, and it turned up on Netflix just a couple of weeks after that, um, and it's also great. Second one, the filmmaker character is played by uh, Desiree Archivan, who is superb in it, but she plays uh, someone who makes a web series that basically seems to kind of focus on strange habits and proclivities of people. Um, and It's like those TV shows you get on Channel 4, like the guy who turned into a tree. Yeah, that kind of thing. Those horrible fucking... Those horrible things like 10 Ton Tony. Yeah. The fattest man. <laughs> ten, t- ten Ton... What the fuck? 10 Ton Tommy, the fattest man in Birmingham. Like... <laughs> All that kind of stuff, it's kind of like uh, personal interest pieces. Yeah, for these kind of eccentric people. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she's getting to a point where she's getting a little bit despondent about it, um, wondering who the audience is. Well, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah, prove us wrong, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, yeah, and basically her kind of last roll of the dice is responding to this one last advert. And uh, the person, or the respondee to the advert, is Mark Duplass's character. The story for is a kind of similar format to Creep 2, but they feel like very... No, to the original. But uh, they feel like very different beasts, I think, tonally. Yeah. Uh, also, I really like that in the second one, when it starts, we're all, we're already fully in on Mark Duplass's character. We know who yeah. he is and what he is. And I think the film does a really good job of keeping us, the audience, on the side of this character, who is, for all... Uh, intents and purposes pretty reprehensible oh yeah despicable so it it does a good job of keeping it light enough and interesting enough to keep us on his side in it which when you consider how harrowing the opening sequences in that film (laughs) really takes some doing but no I I think that they're both great and um, yeah you'll actually a third one on the way a third one on the way yeah um, apparently it was intended as a trilogy so my hope is that they go down the route route of just kind of dropping it again on festivals and on uh, on Netflix with very little fanfare oh yeah yeah for all for, I mean, the, judging by the way that Creep 2 was released and promoted, for all you know, that could, that could already be made. I would prefer that for most things, I think, not not necessarily just these films. Uh, I think uh, it certainly slows down the hype train to an extent. Yeah, I think it, so. It makes for a, I think it makes for a more balanced viewing when you actually get around to watching something if you've not had a year and a half of set photos and stuff trying to build it up and build it up, and then when you watch it, you're left disappointed. Yeah, I think that also it's just more exciting if something yeah. just appears. Historically, when when I've been when stuff like that's happened, I, I'm more inclined to go and watch it straight away as well when it drops out of nowhere. But yeah, Creep and Creep Two, they're both uh, Netflix ready. Yeah, Netflix before we successful. move on from the subject of Mark Duplass. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. I also checked out Evil Genius on Netflix, oh. which he, uh, along with his brother Jay, produced. Okay. Uh, it's a true crime documentary. I've been meaning to get to this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely worth a look. No, interesting I, I, stuff. I interesting case and uh, some interesting people involved in it. So, um, just kind of turning away a little bit from things that we've been watching, mostly because I don't have any more. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, we don't normally do genre news stuff yeah. uh, on the show. But I think that yeah, a couple of things this week kind of merit a mention. A couple of big trailers. <laughs> yeah, probably the two biggest horror trailers of the year. That is, yeah, I would say that's arguably true. Uh, so let's go Halloween first. We're back in Haddonfield. We are indeed. And I'll tell you how I'm going to start this. Something I've got a slight problem with. The events of Halloween 2018 follow the, the events of Halloween 1. Right. Effectively wiping the slate of every film that followed John Carpenter's Halloween. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a bit of a problem with that. To me, it seems a bit shite to do that. Like, it seems kind of wrong. A lot of people worked on those films. A lot of fans love them. And I think to completely disregard them sits a bit, sits weirdly with me. Yeah, I think that you're kind of undermining a lot of things by doing that, mm-hmm. or you're in danger of doing that. Because like I say, a lot of people worked on them, but also, yeah, there's kind of massive fan loyalty of those things. Yeah, I know I use the word hubris quite a lot on this, but I feel there's a real hubris to that, to think that that's okay and that's forgivable. I don't think it is okay no, I really to agree. just completely, completely discard all this stuff and start again because that's how you want to roll it. And I think that the the actual quality of subsequent sequels or something is kind of besides the point. Yeah, and yeah, we know there's some shite in there. Of course there is, but <laughs> it just it sits it sits uneasily with me. I don't think it's I don't think it's a necessarily the right move. I, reboot it all fucking day. Reboot it as much as you like. Yeah, go down that road. But yeah, I, I think to to essentially create your own canon. Yeah, is a bit. I would find you it say jar- ar- I find it jarring. I was gonna say, would you say arrogant? Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Mm. But in saying that. Uh, I watched the trailer, and the trailer certainly looks interesting. Yeah, I think I'll I'll definitely see it. Yeah, I mean, like uh, putting those. I guess it's uh, it's successful in that regard. (laughs) Yeah, but like, yeah, putting those putting those reservations to one side. Um, I think that the trailer the trailer is pretty effective. Yeah, I think it looks pretty good. We're firmly back in Halloween territory, though. Very much, it feels very familiar. Yeah, it feels very familiar both to uh, the original and also to an extent to Rob Zombies. Yeah, there's elements in the trailer that that seem quite familiar. I think they, they certainly seem to begin more down the, the mental hospital route, which Rob Zombie did. Yeah, and we often do on the show. <laughs> yeah, just about every episode, I think. Yeah, there's one's figured in there one way or another. Uh, but yeah, no, I think overall, I mean, like, uh, I mean, realistically, I mean, let's be real, I am not not watching this, of course. I'm oh, watching. absolutely. But yeah, I have, I, have the same, I have the same kind of reservations about it as you do, but I think the trailer was, like you say, without necessarily threatening to break into new ground, looked pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought the gag at the end of the trailer was pretty good. The closet gag. Oh, the closet door. Yeah, yeah. that was quality. Yeah, liked yeah. it. So <laughs> that thing, I can't forget that thing at the back of my head that Halloween 2, Halloween 3 season of The Witch, the the two with Daniel Harris in it, they're all now essentially rubbed. Yeah, they kind I of been put out to graze. Yeah, I guess it kind of falls on horror fans to keep those films alive. Yeah, which I'm sure they will. And to inform the newer viewers, the, the, I guess the kind of newer viewers who are going to see Halloween... 2018, perhaps before they even see the original, to remind them that there are other films out there. Yeah, this is where your OG Halloween fans have to step up. <laughs> In a nice way, though. Don't be dicks about it like the Star Wars fans have been lately, because that's fucking nonsense. Oh, God, isn't it just? Absolute nonsense. So be nice about it. Yeah, definitely. Also, I mean, just but don't want to dwell on this too long, but uh, written by Danny McBride, this yeah, one. Yeah, Kenny fucking Powers. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, directed so, by uh, David Div- Gordon Green as yeah. well, who did Pineapple Express. So quite a quite a departure for both of them. Yeah, I'm interested. I mean, like I mean, not having had a horror background is definitely not uh, doesn't disbar you from it at all. I mean, Jordan Peele is the best example of that, I think, really. Yeah, I mean, that was from a writer director whose background was, as far as I know, at least almost entirely comedy. Mm-hmm. And then, like, an unbelievably smart and really well-made horror film with Get Out. So, yeah, so with no reservations about it in that way, I certainly wouldn't score it down on paper for that reason. But definitely interested to see where that one goes. But I would say of your two big trailers this week, the one that grabbed me a little more was probably the uh, Suspiria remake trailer. Absolutely agreed. This one's been an interesting one. I've been kind of looking a little bit at the feedback to this. Uh, I think this trailer looks great. I think it looks great, and I think Tom York's score sounds amazing. It does sound like it's going to be absolutely brilliant, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. doesn't know who that is, Tom York is the lead singer of Radiohead. Um, yeah. And he, yeah, he has scored the new Suspiria film. Yeah. Um, from... It's uh, written, it's directed by uh, Luca Guadagnino. Yeah, who did uh, Call Me By Your Name. Speaking of people uh, from a non-horror background transitioning into big projects. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's taking the mantle for the, the 2018 Suspiria which uh, stars Dakota Johnson. I think, see, when she first got announced for this, I thought that there was a little bit of unnecessary and kind of unfair backlash against that decision because she was in Fifty Shades of Grey. I would agree. I can't I can't defend that at all. Like, I mean, I, I don't think somebody's previous acting decision should have any bearing on whether or not they're the right person to cast in a film. No, not at all. And I think also the other thing that people seem to be kind of willfully ignorant to when they were making that point is the fact that she's been good in loads of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, have you seen um, uh, Black Mass? The Johnny Depp. The Johnny Depp, but he's... Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's only in that for like 10... 50... Yeah. She's only like 10... in that for like 10, 15 minutes and she's great. And I think she's just routinely, she's cropped up and stuff that I've seen and I think she's really good. I've got no problem at all with her being leading it. Again, it's difficult to tell performance-wise from the trailer because there's no dialogue. Yeah. But um, which I think works to the trailer's benefit. It does. Also, kind of kind of puts the accent on how good the score is or how good the score sounds. The Halloween trailer it tells you a fair amount. It's super talky, yeah. actually. The Superior one tells you very very little. But but there's hints in the trailer that seem to be playing still into the same kind of mythos of the three mothers. So you still get there's still obviously that going through there. And while the palette's certainly the color palette's certainly a lot softer than we would expect. I think everyone expected something super bright, much more, I guess, what Suspiria or the colour palette and the look of Suspiria is. But I, I like the fact that they've gone for something a bit more muted. I think that you'd be opening yourself up for kind of people writing you off before a ball's kicked if you had gone, because Suspiria is obviously so famous for its lighting and kind of the colours and things, that I think that if you tried to go down that road, then you would have been opening yourself up for people to just kind of like pretty unfairly having to go at you before they've really taken the time to actually judge a film on its merits. That's not to say there's nothing like that in the film. They've just chosen a different advertising approach, which yeah. is fine. If the stuff like that's in the film, I'm sure it'll look interest. I'm sure it'll still look interesting because it looks well shot. Mm-hmm. Oh, I um, definitely. And yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to. It. Like I say, of the two, I would say that that's definitely. I'm comfortably more in for Suspiria, but I'm looking forward to both of them. That's us. We've done a news section. We've done a news section. Did you enjoy yeah. it? Should we never do it again? Let us know. I think. I mean, it, it was worth doing. I think because those trailers are pretty big, but I am in no rush to go back and do another one unless something massive comes along. Yeah, I think that I think that that's how we should treat that in the future. But what we do have every week, or pretty much every week, is a guest. Oh, and I think we should probably take a look at what's going on on Friday's show because we've got a cracking yeah. guest and film combination. Yeah, absolutely, cannot so, wait for this. So, um, 
Same again, I'll do the guest, you do the film. Yeah, that's the, that's something that's been working. Yeah, so let's do As you know this man, or you may know this man, from playing Dr. Herbert West in Reanimator the Musical. <laughs> uh, also from Beyond the Gates, uh, Almost Human, The Mind's Eye. This guy's horror CV in recent years is awesome. Ah, amazing. Yeah. Uh, he was also in Downrange recently as well in Carnage Park, but also now the writer-director of the Shutter-exclusive film Sequence Break, we are being joined on Friday by Mr. Graham Skipper. Yeah, and I cannot wait for this. I'm really uh, looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Graham seems quite an, up for this one, which is good given his chosen film. Yeah, we've been talking. Uh, I've been talking to him quite a bit um, about it, and he seems really fired up. He's ready for an argument, I think, which is okay. great. <laughs> well, that's good because the film that he's chosen. I've actually been waiting on a film by this director for a while now. This wasn't the one that I immediately thought it would be. So the film that Graham's chosen to bring is M. Night Shyamalan's 2004 rural horror, The Village. Yes! Finally yeah. someone's brought on a Shyamalan. Oh, God. I thought it would be the last Airbender or The Happening. <laughs> After Earth. <laughs> but here we are. No, we're doing The Village. So Go um, to The Village. Graham Skipper joins us on Friday to talk presumably a, a little about sequence break, but mostly... About M Night Shyamalan's The Village. Yeah, this is gonna be good. I'm gonna I'm going to rewatch it as soon as we're done here, pretty much. I think. Um, get myself caught up with it. I have seen it, but again, not since it came out. So looking forward to revisiting it and uh, basically hearing what Graham's arguments are gonna be. So join us for that if you can. That will, of course, as ever, be Friday morning at eight a.m. If you want to get in touch ahead of time with your thoughts on the film, any comments or feedback, then you can do in all the various ways. Uh, Facebook and Instagram. You can get us there at Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us at Strong Violent PC. And email scenes at gmail.com. Didn't even need the notes this time. And as always, you can check us out on Stitcher and Podbean and, of course, on iTunes. And if you're on iTunes, drop us off a wee five-star review there. Oh, well, not to assume that we deserve five stars. Drop off what you feel is an appropriate star rating. Yeah, but if it's going to be under four, go and keep it to yourself. Yeah, just don't bother, fuck off. <laughs> don't, be, don't be a cunt. I've got no time. I don't need that negativity in my life. Now, if you want to rate and review, uh, please do that. Uh, that would be great. And in the meantime, don't forget that it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Good night. See you Friday.